Hi, I'm Mena Karaman-Wilms, and you're listening to The Decibel from The Globe and Mail. Birding is not just for retirees anymore. It's become its own subculture, with popular bird identification apps and rare bird alerts, podcasts that share fascinating facts, and social media groups teeming with beautiful photography and weird bird memes. A part of it is, I think, it's it's a kind of a sense of having an extra sense. I mean, most people are walking along and they just hear tweet, tweet, chirp, chirp in the background. Today, we're going on a bit of a journey into this birding world. We're heading into a park on the edge of Toronto with Globe columnist and bird lover Marcus G. and a few other colleagues. We'll take in what's known as the Dawn Chorus and tackle the age-old question. Why do birds sing? This is The Decibel. So we are at Colonel Sam Smith Park in Etobicoke, just uh, west of Toronto. It's 6.20 in the morning. The light is just coming up, sort of pre-dawn, and we're here trying to listen to birds, what's called the the dawn chorus of songbirds. Uh, To be honest, we're wondering what the heck we're doing here. It's kind of miserable and damp and really, really early. We're hoping the dawn will bring some nice sights, though. So we can just, like, go, oh, what's that? Like, that is a white-throated sparrow. That. When you're out bird-watching, you're... You're looking for, you're not so much looking for an actual bird. You're looking for movement and you're listening to sound. Um, and then you know there's a bird there. And then you find the bird. That's a cardinal. Yeah, there goes that cardinal. They're the virtuosos, I think. Song. So the call that we were hearing in the parking lot, the one that we all, the, can you do it? Which one? The, ca- the cardinal one? That sounds like an owl. Well, okay. it's sort of like the people often mistake them for an owl. Really? Um, it's a morning dove. Oh, okay. It's sort of like, oh no, yes, that, I was thinking of the cardinal sound and when it, what it sounds like when it's doing the harmonizing. Yeah, they do this cheer, 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 which is very bright and familiar. Okay. Yes. There's your cardinal going away there. Sounds like it's up in that too. Oh, there it is. Yeah. There was a song sparrow. It's distinct from other sparrows in that it has a sort of dark dot on its breast and kind of striping on its breast. There's a song sparrow singing prettily right there. Yeah, it's, it's that 
song and then that trill at the end, that kind of rising trill, I guess you'd call it at the end. That's very characteristic kind of summer countryside song. There was a red-winged blackbird, which is one of the early migrants, one of the first to arrive in, the, in early spring. And that's kind of a harsh, trilling, trilling sound, also uh, very, very typical. We heard a mallard uh, duck simply quacking away. We heard a kingfisher, which has a really, um, really loud, kind of almost a laughing, cackling sound. A uh, very, uh, very distinct. How our ears do that. Well, there's the kingfisher. Is there that the, tw the, the like, like, like cackling, laughing sound? Then there's a cardinal, which is uh, is probably the most beautiful and outstanding sound you'll hear in the spring spring outdoors uh, in in open areas. A uh, really bright, beautiful, almost tropical sounding uh, song. Marcus, what what made you want to learn about why and and how birds birds sing? I mean, I've always been a little curious, but uh, this um, this winter, this cardinal uh, started singing in in the back lane behind my house, and it was it was February, uh, which is way early, and this this bird was just going going at it uh, all day. Uh, a, a beautiful, bright sound uh, that made you think, oh, spring is actually coming. And uh, and I did just kind of get curious, like, how does this bird make such a bright, brilliant sound? I mean, a cardinal is weighs less than a, a lemon. It's, a, you know, could fit in the palm of your hand. It's a, it's a little bird. And uh, it has this incredible mastery of of the art of song. Hmm. So let's let's actually take that cardinal song for a moment and talk about that for a sec. So this is a recording that we're going to play that that you took from your home of the cardinal that that frequents your backyard. Marcus, how far away would you say that cardinal was when you recorded him on your phone? Uh, it roams around a bit. Sometimes it was as close as. Uh, you know, just maybe 20 feet on a big on a big tree right in my backyard. But its voice really carries. Um, but sometimes it was quite close. But if it was like, you know, 20 feet away, that's still a bit of a distance there. And this is a tiny little bird, as, as you said. So like, how do they produce such a big song from a tiny little creature? Yeah, they have this amazing instrument uh, called a syrinx. And a syrinx is the, the voice box of a bird. It's, it's their equivalent of our larynx, and except it's, uh, it's next level. It's way better than what we have. It has two sides. So yeah, a bird can, in effect, sing two songs at once and almost harmonize with itself. Um, and that's what the cardinal does. And it takes many breaths and uh, how a syrinx works is the air is forced through it and the membranes uh, vibrate and it's controlled by this series of tiny muscles. And so it's quite an evolutionary 
uh, marvel. I mean, many millions of years old because birds evolved from dinosaurs, but uh, it, it really has. And of course, birds can do incredible things. You know, they can mimic uh, hundreds of some some birds mimic other other birds and and you know some are as loud as a chainsaw and some kind of a whispery sound and it's quite an amazing um, adaptation just how big are these these organs these the syrinx here well i mean they're 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 pretty tiny i mean you can imagine the voice box on a cardinal which is can fit in the tom of your uh, in the palm of your hand rather um they uh, they can be as small as a as a raindrop. That's so as a so as tiny, a raindrop, yeah. like tiny, mm-hmm. tiny, tiny. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've talked about how birds sing, but what have you learned about why birds sing? Yeah, well, it's a little more complicated than I than I expected. I mean, we know that uh, birds sing to attract mates. It's a sign of it's basically a sign of fitness, and uh, and females are attracted to good singers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's uh, then there's a sort of linked part, which is marking territory. So a cardinal will sing to show other male cardinals, "This is this is my turf. Uh, back off." We now know that that females sing more than we thought, and cardinals are one of the few birds in North America that um, that does sing. They do it for a few reasons. We think. I mean, one is also territoriality. They may be telling other females in essence, to back off. They sing often from the nest to the male, uh, one study found. Uh, Other females, uh, males and females sometimes of other species do duets, which are quite remarkable. Um, Duets. Yeah, and these duets are are, are so well-coordinated down to the millisecond that to the human ear, it sounds like a single bird singing but it could be two birds, maybe hundreds of feet apart. Well, we're not fully sure why they do it, but one of the reasons may be kind of uh, pair bonding, just to uh, solidify the, the bond between, between the mates. So how did you learn to identify all of these different bird sounds, Marcus? Well, I, I'm really bad at it. Uh, I uh, I have a very bad ear for uh, for birdsong, but there's an app called Merlin. For a while, you've been able to take pictures of birds and identify them with this app, but now you can just click it, records a song, and up pops the name of the bird uh, you're hearing. It's quite miraculous. Hey, Maddie, I'm going to use my Merlin app. Okay. It's a sound... It's a birdsong ID app, and it can differentiate all these different songs that are happening at the same time. So I'm pulling up Northern Cardinal so far. I guess I have to shut up for it to work, though. Song Sparrow, Ring-Billed Gull, Morning Dove we got. See the spectrograph it's got there. Brown-headed cowbird. I haven't seen that. 
And so when friends ask you now, Marcus, you know, why, why do you go out at dawn to stare at the tops of trees and across ponds? What do you say about why, why you love to do this? A part of it is, I think, a, it's, it's a kind of a sense of having um, a feeling of having a, a, an extra sense. I mean, most people are walking along and they just hear tweet, tweet, chirp, chirp in the background. <laughs> and if you're synced into the bird world and the songs and the, and the look, you, you hear that. Uh, song and you realize, oh, there's a bay-breasted warbler up there, or there's an oriole up there, and you you have a kind of sense of being in on some big secret um, that other people you know aren't really hearing that, and it, it's 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 a neat feeling. Hmm. So there's a lot of communication that is happening with these these bird songs. Then would you like would you go so far as to say that bird songs are maybe a kind of a kind of language for them? That's a bit of a debate in the ornithological world. I think most, from what I've read, most scientists would not go as far as to call it a language. But there are language-like attributes of, of, of bird songs. For instance, one song, uh, one bird rather, in Japan, um, <clears throat> arranges its calls in different order according to the signal it's trying to send. For instance, if it's saying to its young, um, hide yourself, there's a, there's a hawk coming. It's, it, it arranges these calls in a certain order. If it wants to say, um, you know, I'm bringing food, for instance, that would be in a different order. And so that's um, uh, similar to what in human language, you know, we call it syntax, how we arrange words. Um, so that's certainly language-like. We also know that um, that birds have dialects. For instance, uh, birds have dialects. Like different... yeah, that's right. Uh, they wow. sing. They sing differently according to where they live, and it's like, say, um, you know, the, uh, the 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 accent of the Ottawa Valley in Canada is different from that of, of Toronto, <sighs> um, or Newfoundland. You know, way, way of speaking. Um, geographical um, differences are reinforced over time. So. For instance, cardinals in in the Midwest of the U.S. sound different from the way they do in Toronto. That's fascinating. Who knew? <laughs> and, right. and so, like, if you're actually, if you are actually attuned to that, like, could people actually then tell the difference between an Ontario cardinal and like a, a Minnesotan cardinal? Then, yeah, completely. If you're if you're um, if you study these things, they are quite distinct. And in one area, I think it was in uh, California, they found um, 10 different dialects, even within a, a fairly small region. So those birds are so localized that they've developed this different way of singing. And they may, they certainly can recognize different dialects, like, oh, that bird is from a different part of town, different hood. Yeah. Lisa, we, we heard a lot of, uh, it was neat to hear the Don Chorus. It was really the pre-dawn yeah. chorus, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it started. We got here around six, and there were already there was already quite a clamor. And we heard all the classics. We heard a song sparrow, cardinal, red-winged blackbird, all very distinctive. We saw the tree swallows uh, trying to move into their nests. Um, we saw a kingfisher with its uh, very characteristic kind of laughing. Uh, song. It was a good morning, I would say.
That's it for today. I'm Manika Raman-Wilms. Our producers are Madeline White, Cheryl Sutherland, and Rachel Levy-McLaughlin. David Crosby edits the show. Kasia Mihailovich is our senior producer, and Angela Pachenza is our executive editor. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.